Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it may seem a bit counterintuitive based on your experience of your own life and your understanding of the world around you. But I assert that we all love to keep rules. We all love having a set of instructions, something we can do. We may not love the particular rules that we find imposed on ourselves, and we may claim to love breaking the rules, but what we really mean is we want to keep other rules instead of the rules that we have. We all love a law. And that's because it's taken as assumed, as an axiom of our existence, that if you want to get to where you want to be, then you need a ladder to get over the barriers. And the law makes a wonderful ladder. Something to pull ourselves up by. Something by which we can judge our own progress and perhaps the progress of our neighbors as well. So it would make sense then if God is what we want to get to, then the ladder of his law would be the ladder that we need. And we have heard his law, not once but twice this morning. And as we sit before it, as we set up that ladder of God's law, if we're thinking straight, we will soon come to realize that the law of God is not a very effective ladder. As we stand before it, we should soon come to realize that we can't even reach the first rung, yet use it to climb our way to God. You see, the law of God was never meant to be a ladder. That's a job we've imposed on it. The law of God was meant to do one thing, to bring us to the point where we know in our hearts what we prayed in the collect this morning. We have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. There is only one thing to do before the holy and righteous law of God. And that is to stand and say, Amen. Lord, have mercy. But still we persist. Still the world persists in believing that we must have some sort of ladder. If we want to get to where we want to be, we need a ladder to climb over the barriers. And so when St. Paul went to Corinth and he preached there the message that the law was not meant to be a ladder, that we cannot use the law to climb our way up to God. But we don't have to worry about doing that because we don't have to climb up to God. God came down to us. Christ, by his death and resurrection, has broken down all the barriers between us and God. Ladders are not something that we need when he preached that message in Corinth, they didn't receive it with joy. They rejected it as foolishness. The Jews demanded signs. The Greeks desired 
wisdom. Everybody wanted a ladder to climb. They wanted a set of instructions, a list of things to do to get to God themselves. Which brings us to our gospel reading today. Which is in a way an enacted parable, a lived out parable of what we've just been talking about. You see, Jesus comes to the temple in Jerusalem. The temple was the place where the presence of God was found. It was where the people went to meet God. It was their point of contact with God. And when Jesus got there, he found nothing but barriers. The house of his father, the house of prayer for all people, had been turned into a den of robbers, full of barriers set up by human pride and by human greed. And we should take careful note that nothing we encounter in the Gospels causes such anger in Christ as his encounter with these barriers. Do not imagine that his clearing out of the temple is some sort of fit of ill-considered passion. John tells us he went off and made a whip of cords. He went off and deeply considered what it was that he was going to do about the barriers he found in the temple. He went off and with his own hands slowly made the tool he needed to break down the barriers, which is what he did when he returned to the temple. But once again, the people did not welcome him with joy. They did not rejoice at the fact that the barriers had been broken down, that the way to God had been cleared out. Instead, they demanded a sign They made sure that he was going to justify his foolishness. That he was going to explain to them what these things meant. What it was that he was doing. Of course, he offers no justification and no explanation. And the only sign he gives is that if they tear down this temple, he will rebuild it in three days. You see, what he does is he proclaims Christ and him crucified. He proclaims that he is the one who by his death and resurrection will become the presence of God among the people, will be the point of access to the Father, will be the way open and clear to God. He will be the house of prayer for all people. They did not receive that message. And so often, neither do we. So often, we hear that message, and just like the Jews in the temple or the Greeks in Corinth, we dismiss it as foolishness. We think, no, there must be a ladder to climb over the barriers. We want a ladder. We want a law. And so we demand signs, and we desire wisdom, and we crave 
after ladders. And what's all the worse is that when we find ourselves uncomfortable with the lack of barriers, we start to build up some to make sure there's something for us to use our ladders to get over. Woe to us in those moments if we forget the anger of Christ when he cleared out the temple. Woe to us if we refuse to hear the message that he has brought. If we continue to reject as foolishness the good news of the gospel. The good news that the barriers have all been broken down and that the ladders are no longer necessary. That the way to the Father, for me and for you and for everyone, has been made free and clear by the grace of God and in Jesus Christ. That will continue to sound like foolishness to many. And it will continue to be a stumbling block to many others. But may it be for us who have come to trust in the proclamation of Christ and him crucified. The very power of God and the wisdom of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.